God. It's all right to dance. It's all right to wave a banner. It's all right just to be in his presence. So, hey, we're going to jump right into the word here this morning. We've been uh, doing our format a little bit differently over the last few weeks. Uh, It makes it real uh, easy for me to just go right into the spirit of of the word. Um, Listen, we've been talking about a series called Anchor, Finding Assurance in in God's Promises. Uh, We did a huge... uh, Lesson on Wednesday night, we had some uh, technical difficulties, so it's not recorded. But you know, you can be sure of your salvation. There's not even a guess to it. But what a lot of people aren't sure about Jonathan, and while, I'm, while I got Jonathan on my mind, can we give Jonathan a hand? He stepped in for us the last couple of weeks on drums. I guess Dave decided him and Kathy needed some time in Mexico, so, you know, uh, (laughs) but Jonathan has been great, uh, such a great friend of the ministry, great part of us. But, you know, you have to have an assurance of the Word of God in your life. You can trust God. Go to Proverbs chapter 2. Today I want to, last week we talked about uh, uh, the Word is our anchor. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about the faithful word. The word's faithful to do what it says it'll do. The word's faithful to be what it says it'll be. And um, he says in Proverbs chapter uh, 2, verse 1, he said, my son, if you'll receive my words and hide my commandments, where? Within you. He said, so he's encouraging you right now, find my word. You know, listen, you all know me by now. I'm not against authors and I'm not against writers. I'm not against books and all that stuff. But those things are never a substitute for God's Word in your life. They're never a substitute for what God breathed and God inspired through His Word. (coughs) He said, my son, if you'll receive my words and hide my commandments within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you'll cry out for knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. But all of this is only found is when we get into the Word. It's all, But how do... And here's the thing, as believers, it saddens me that of how many times that I hear people talk about, well, I don't, I don't really read my Bible much. Now listen, we, we know we're good charismatic people here, right? We know God speaks to our spirit. We know God talks to us, but that still sometimes what I think God says and what I want to do can sometimes get mm, a little bit intermingled there and, and uh, I get a little off. But one thing that'll never go wrong is the Word. And people say, well, I don't understand the importance of the Bible. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse uh, 14. 
He says, but continue in the things that you have learned and have been assured of, knowing those from whom you have learned them, and that since childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. I want to encourage you, those of you that do have kids that's in our room back here, they're getting taught the Word this morning. If you send a teenager to Pathways on a Saturday, they're going to get taught the Word because the Word is going to be the foundation of everything in our life. And he said, he says, he said the, the Holy Scriptures, he said, the childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able, what is the Scriptures able to do? To make you wise unto salvation through the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, all scripture, everybody say all. All All scripture is inspired by God. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable. That means it does you some good. And is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. I know that's a curse word. For correction and for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God may be complete. Hey, Zach, we're not complete without the Word. He says when the Word comes, it provides reproof and instruction and correction and direction into righteousness. And once we get this Word, then we're the complete man. We cannot say, well, I'm a full-grown believer and not have a hunger and a thirst and a value for the Word of God. And, And I don't care how you get it. I don't care if it's your book, your pages, your tablet, your phone, audio, I don't care. You need to get the Word in there somewhere. You need to put it in you. Why? Because it'll correct you. It'll reprove you. It'll direct you. And you will be made a complete person. Here's the other thing that gets me. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. I wonder what people would do (laughs) if we started just saying, you want to work around church, you want to be a part, how much of your word do you read? Well, I don't read that often. Then you're not equipped. They answered. You're not equipped. Without the word, we cannot say we're equipped for the good works. We may know what they are. We may even have an idea how to get there. But without that word, we're not equipped. We, we, just, we have a real high self-opinion of ourselves. We got a good self-esteem. But that don't mean you're equipped for the work. So that word inspired by. Everybody probably knows this as have been taught on this. Folks, the word has to, we have to allow the the word to dominate our lives. But that word, inspire, it simply means God breathed. It means it was, so what are we saying? We're saying that the word that you have, yeah, but it's full of contradiction. It's really not if you know how to look at it. But if you try to pick and choose this little bit out of this little bit without reading things in a context, you can find contradictions. (laughs) 
Come on. But when you take it as a whole, we, we, we went over something Wednesday night that somebody had asked me, and, and, and I thought, man, what a poor translation that somebody had of the word. And so we went in and discussed through the word of everything that that word meant. The, the word will translate itself, but you got to look at it as a whole. But that word inspired by God, it means to be God-breathed. So we believe that the word of God was breathed out into the ears of men. And men of God wrote it down. And as they wrote it, you, you also, this, this is where I'm going to get in trouble. So just look straight ahead. They don't even look over here at me. You do realize that the early church didn't even have the Bible. They were in the process of writing it. But what they did have was writers from other believers, from the Old Testament, from the Old Covenant. They, they bled all that in. And they had a foundation of the Word in their life. And then they walked around with the living Word. Come on. And what he said... But we have developed, we have, we've been given a gift that God breathed into the ears of men and they wrote it down. And, and, and that's why E.W. Kenyon says this, how many believers, because, of the, because the word does not prevail in them, live as common men? How many believers, because the word does not prevail in them, Live as common men. That word that you have on your phones, in your hands, whatever, has the ability to take you from a natural man to a supernatural man. It, it has the ability to take you from the common to the uncommon. But if you don't pick it up, does anybody, some of you in here will remember this. I'm looking at a row back here, probably won't, <laughs> just because I'm older than you. There was a TV show back in the 80s called The Greatest American Hero. Yeah. Who remembers it? I got four or five people. Okay. What was cool about it, he finds this costume. It was an alien costume. He put it on, it gave him all these superpowers, but he didn't know how to use it because he couldn't get the words. He didn't have the instruction. You have been clothed for the supernatural. God, you're, you're, the salvation that God brought to you clothed you for the supernatural. But if you don't bother to take the time to read the manual on the book, on the, on the tools that you have, you will never be able to fully operate the way that God wants you to operate. You have to have the word. I was preaching in a, a, a service one time. And uh, I, I called the youth pastor and told him I was, you know, excited about coming and all this stuff. And I said to him, I said, man, I'm excited. I, I, God has a, put a word in me. And I've got a word for you. And I've got a word for the church. And he said, man, we're excited too. We're hoping the service is so wild you don't even get to preach. There are good times.
times like that. That's happened. There's nothing wrong with those, Brent. But when we're looking for a move of the Spirit, rather than what Spirit had to say, they were more excited about the potential of a move of God rather than what the Word was speaking to their lives. You know what's going to change their life, Steve? What's going to change their life will be the Word, not how many times I can roll across the floor. Because a lot of times we get to rolling across the floor and we get up and we're never changed. We just had a good time. We enjoyed the presence of God. We soaked it up. We left there all greasy and and sweaty and, and everything else, but we didn't change. The Word is what changes you. The Word has the ability to change your life. He said, how many believers, because the Word does not prevail in them, live as common men? Disease and sickness prevail over them because they do not walk in the light of the Word. Hebrews chapter 4. How many of you knew this is where I was going? Hebrews 4. Verse 12, for the word of God is alive. Why? Because anything that's breathed on by God lives. Man formed in the dust of the garden was just dirt and a clump until God breathed on him. And when God breathed on him, he became a speaking spirit to him. For the word of God is alive. Why? Because it's inspired. It was breathed out by God. It was inspired. He's alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing loud. Look what the word can do. It can actually divide the soul, your mind, your will, your emotions from your spirit. Two things that will be forever together. It can divide those two things. The joints and the marrow. It's able to judge. What does the word do? It judges the thoughts and intents of the heart. Don't tell me this word doesn't have the ability to change you when it'll look at your own thoughts and say, you have got a bad thought process going here. You're believing a lie. So you need to find out what the word says about you. You need to find out what the word says about that situation. And then it has the ability to change you. But we don't give it that ability. We look at it like a duty. I'll do my Christian thing. I'll get up and read my two or three verses. If we do that. Hey, no judgment here. I'm just telling you. That's what happens. I'm going to tell you all this. For my life, I'm speaking for me right now. For my life, it's not enough for me to sit and study to preach to you all every week and count that as Bible reading. Because I'm not allowing it to change me. What I'm doing is hearing the Holy Spirit on what you need. I got to have my own separate time, Zach. I can't keep, I can't just bring that same thing and think it's going to change me all the time, although it does. But I gotta have my own reading time. I gotta have my own time. And if I don't, guess what? You're, you're not getting the best of me because I didn't equip myself. I didn't equip myself. And that's nobody's fault. <laughs> but my own. Folks, the word is more than just words, it's written on a page. Amen. 
it can judge our thoughts, judge our hearts. The word is, let me, I'm used to stealing Ted's Bible. He's, he's in Montana doing something. I don't know what he's doing. You know what this is right here? It's a book. Okay, that's all this is. That's all it is. It's pages, it's ink on paper. So when does it become alive? It become alive when it's on your lips. When you begin to speak. When you begin to speak. Why? Because you were created to be a speaking spirit just like God. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. How did he make them? He said, and let there be, 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 and let there be. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says he breathed onto man and man became a living soul. But that's not how the original Hebrew people would have read that. If you look at the Targum Monoculus, it read, and God breathed the breath of lives into man. And it became to him a speaking spirit. Man was created to speak. But what are we supposed to speak? Well, I want to tell you, every word that comes out of your mouth has the potential to create. Because you were created like God. That's how God created, by the words. So when does the word come alive? When it comes across the lips of a believer who decided to just be crazy enough to believe that what the word says is true. They're crazy enough to believe it. And when he begins and she begins to speak that, that word comes alive. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. What are we supposed to be speaking? The Word. John chapter 15, verse 7. We're going to just shotgun these today. You ready? John chapter 15, verse 7. <laughs> Is that not on there, Bobby? Yeah, here we go. Look what he says. If you remain in me, now, if you're a King James reader in here, your word says, if you abide in me. You know what the word abide means? Remain. That's part of the definition. He says, if you remain in me and my words abide, remain in you, you will ask whatever you want, whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. But how does that happen? When the word is alive in you. If the word ain't alive in you, there's, that's the qualifying ver words. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you shall ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. Verse 8, my father is glorified in this, that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. That word remain, again, King James says abide. It means abide. But here's, here's the rest of the definition for that word remain. It means to remain. It means to abide. It means to be permanent. To dwell and to live. So he says, if you 
will stay permanently living in me and my words are permanently living in you, then you will ask whatever you desire. There's a caveat there. The word has to get in you. And well, I just don't read it. Then you're doing yourself a disservice. Take time. Well, I don't understand it. I'll tell you the same thing I told our Wednesday night crowd. Do you forget where you go to church? Find a version that works for you. (laughs) I know that just makes a lot of people upset. Until they realize King James is a version too. That's why it's got that V on the end of it. I'll try that over here because this side's upset now. That side's mad at me, Galen. It's a version. They wrote it because the earlier versions were hard to read. Lingo change, exactly right. We're not going to get into all this. But find it one that works. Read it. Then get into some place where you're going to be taught it. And when there's things you don't understand, get in somewhere where they don't care that you ask questions. And they don't care that you say, they sit down and say, explain this to me. But he says there, my word has to remain permanent. Again, I'm going to quote Kenyon. E.W. Kenyon said this. He said, God, Christ, and the word are one. We know by John, John says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among men. We know Jesus is the word. Christ and the word are one. It is the word dwelling in you, which is equivalent to Christ personally being in you. Wow. The word dominating is the lordship of Christ in you. So what does the word do for us? If it's profitable, I think the first thing we need to look at of what the word does for us is the word absolutely shapes our spiritual lives. The word will shape our spiritual lives. Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Of his own will, he brought us forth with the word of truth. It's God's will that we're all here. And he done it by the word of truth. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So by his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. We were brought into this great salvation by the word. By the word of his truth. And he's still speaking that truth. Go to 1 Peter. We're going to shotgun, I told you. 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 23. says, For you have been born again, not from perishable seed, but imperishable, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So what does the word do for us, Pastor Dave? It shapes our spiritual life. Everything about our life is shaped in that word of God. He brought us forth and called us out by the word. And right there, he tells us that we are our first fruits. And then he said that that word is what brought us out to be born again. And that it lives and abides forever. So firstly... 
the Word of God will shape your spiritual life. If you're not happy with your spiritual life, get into the Word. You know why we don't get into the Word a lot, John? It's because we're afraid that if we get into it, it's going to show us that what we're doing is wrong. And if I can avoid that, then I don't have to worry about it. I'll just keep living. Ignorance is bliss, except it's, it's holding us back. We're not living the life that we're called to live by living that way. I'm challenging you. Get into the Word. Some people just, you know, they take my word for it because it's on the screen. Don't be that dumb. Don't trust me that much. Come on. I could put anything up there. But if you don't know. So, the Word shapes our spiritual life. And then what's it do? The Word changes our mindset. It renews our mind. It changes our thinking. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world. Okay, so how do I not be conformed to the world? Be transformed. How am I transformed? By the renewing of my mind. What renews my mind? The Word of God. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. It's the only thing that has the ability so that you may prove what is the good and accept the will of God. The only thing that has the ability to change my mindset. How many in the, in the church, let's get active, you ready? How many of you have ever heard the word repent? Almost everybody, good. Some of you have been to church a time or two. You know what the word repent is, right? It means it's metanoia. It means to change your mind. It means to change your mind. Change your mind about you, change your mind about God. Change the only way you can do that's the word. And an experience with Jesus who is the word, who left us the word so that we can go. It means to change. Your mind, your thought process, our thought processes will forever be messed up without the word. Colossians chapter 3 again. Yep. <laughs> See, I love it. Somebody said, Colossians 3.10, that's what should be next. Well, it is. <laughs> Colossians 3.10. He says, and have embraced the new nature which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him who created it. The only thing that has the ability to do, that's the word. He shows us in his word. The divine is found in the word. It'll change your spiritual life. It'll change your mindset. Go to James chapter 1. Verse 22. James chapter 1. Verse 22, and be doers of the, and not, hearers only. You got to do what's in the, it's not enough just to sit here today, hear what I'm preaching to you, and go home. You're like the rest of these verses. Verse 23, he says, for anyone who is a hearer of the word and not a doer, is what? It's like a man viewing his face in a mirror. The word tells you who you are. It tells you what you look like. It tells you who you are in Christ. 
If we look at the mirror and we see ourselves, we see the reflection of ourselves, the word, you should be able to look in that word and see the reflection of yourself. How God truly sees you. But we go away and we forget what we look like. And so what do we do? We start living in other ways. We forget that he has made us holy. We forget that he's made us righteous. We forget that he's made us blameless. And so all of a sudden, when I start forgetting that, then I get out here and I start believing shame. And I start believing guilt. And I start believing every little stinking word the enemy whispers in my ear. And I forget. He says, but he who looks into the perfect law, he views himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. Verse 25, he says, and he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. Your thoughts control your habits. Your habits will control your life. And it controls your whole destiny. So what controls my thoughts? What does God say? We used to wear, and I hated them. I'm going to tell you all right now, I hated them. You can get mad at me if you want. I don't care. I hated to see people walk around with what would Jesus do bracelets. Because they didn't know. They didn't know. They had no idea what Jesus would do. You know why? They never looked into the Word to find out. It was just a good thing to try to just be kind. Be nice to people. God's looking for you to be more than just kind and nice. He's looking for you to be a supernatural being on the face of the earth. And just wearing a little bracelet's not what does it. But the word will change your mind. The word will change your thoughts. It'll change your spiritual makeup. It changes everything about you. I'm encouraging you today. Get into the word. Yeah, but I just feel so depressed all the time. I'm just so down. I got an answer for that. Guess what it is? Because the word will build you up. It'll, it'll be the greatest cheerleader you've ever seen. It'll tell you who you are. It'll give you, tell you about your victory. It'll tell you that you are not, you're the head and not the tail. It'll tell you you're above and not beneath. It'll tell you that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It'll tell you that there is no weapon formed against you that'll prosper. It'll tell you. But how do you know if you don't get in it? Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Acts 20, verse 32. Now, brothers, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. You want to to get built up? You want to get past this shame that you've been carrying around? Get in the word. Find out what God really says about you. Not what everybody's been told you that God says about you. Not what everybody's told you that, you know, you're just an old lowly sinner saved by grace. Make up your mind. You can't be both. Stanley, I'm not a sinner. I'm not. Why? I've been redeemed. Now, do I have the ability to sin? You better believe it. And I can do it good. But just because I can do it doesn't mean that's who I am. I can do a flip-flop too. don't mean I'm a gymnast. <laughs> can I do a flip-flop? 
made me dizzy too, I tell you. I hadn't done one of those in a long time. <laughs> no. <laughs> the word builds you up. See, the problem is we believe so many lies about ourselves. We've re- let religion tell us what God thinks about us. We've let our grandparents tell us what God thinks about us. We let them tell us all these man-made rules, ideas. But have we ever just thought, what does God really say about us? Or did we just listen to everybody else? Now, brothers, I commend thee to God and to his word of grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. Folks, as we let the word dominate, rule, and satisfy our spirit, God has intricately woven himself into our being and becomes an integral part of us when the word dominates. But if the word... And if the word doesn't dominate us, we're just open to whatever voices come along. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. <clears throat> I wanted to see, being a good word of faith, charismatic, Pentecostal, whatever you want to call me. See, my, my goal was to start to, to minister about the power of our tongue. And we're going to talk about that for just a moment. And our confession. But you know what? It doesn't matter what the power of your tongue is and what you confess if you don't know what word to confess. So we need to know the importance of the word before we can ever know what speaking it does to our life. Romans chapter 15 verse 4. For whatever was previously written was written, why? For our instruction. So that through perseverance and encouragement of the scriptures... We might have hope. Well, I don't want to read the Bible. It's, it's, it, 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 it's judgmental. Then you've read it from the wrong side of the cross. <laughs> what does he tell us here? He said, through the instruction of the scriptures, <laughs> it was written for our instruction so that through, go ahead, but perseverance and encouragement of the scriptures. It'll encourage you. It'll pump you up. It, it, it's, your, it's, your, it's your greatest hype man. You can go into the Word and find out what it says about you. And then realize how much you can actually do. It changes our, it changes our spiritual life. It changes our thought life. It builds us up. It heals us. You know, a lot of times you don't even need somebody to lay hands on you. You don't need oil poured all over your head. Psalms 107, verse 20. Psalms 107, verse 20. Look what he says about the word. He says, then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distress. Verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them. From their destruction. See, I read the word. It's, it, it, it's, it's like medicine. You take, I'm not going to get into that. I could. But it's like medicine. You can take it. Take the word every day. See, when we begin to confess the word, you're actually confessing the will of God. 
You're confessing the very will of God. And confessing the word actually brings God's will on the scene. You don't have to guess at what God's will is. Look in the scripture. Look in the word. And when we do, it begins to operate in our bodies. Go to Matthew chapter 8. Yeah, 6, 5, 4, 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. It says, and when, it, and when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion uh, came to him, in, entreating him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying home, sick with paralysis, bit terribly tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Look what the centurion realized. He answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant will be healed he understood that just a word from God God that God didn't even have to come close to his house just speak a word oh man imagine if we put this kind of confidence in God's word where it's more than just our book it's more than what identifies us as Christian but it is like we talked last week it's a treasure hunt and we're diving in, and we're digging in, and we're getting into it deep. And we say, God, your word will heal me. Before I ever need somebody to lay hands on me, your word. You are the word. And Jesus says, for I, it, the centurion goes on and says, For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one man, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said, and, said, and said to those who followed, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith. You want to have great faith? You want Jesus to turn around and say, That, 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 that guy's got great faith. Get to know the word. See, the centurion understood the power of the word. He said, just say a word, my servant will be healed. He says, man, that's great faith. Where he knew just the word would do it. It builds your faith. It builds your confidence. It does everything that you need. You got just a minute more. What's my response to this word then? The scripture that remains dormant and ineffective until I put it into action. It is the active engagement of the word that nurtures faith within every believer. Even with access to countless promises and the indwelling of the powerful spirit, God's potency within you remains dormant if you fail to act on the word. So how do I act on the word? Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. <laughs> A man's stomach will be satisfied with the fruit of his... In other words, what your mouth produces is what fills you up. A man's stomach will be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increases of his lips... He will be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So what do I do? 
What do I speak? I'm not talking about just having positive speaking, although that is very important. Because life and death lies in your own tongue. But when I mix it with the word, when I mix it with what thus saith the God-breathed word, it has the ability to completely change me. Last one, you ready? Because I was going to talk about eating the word. You know you can eat the word. It's what he told the prophet Jeremiah. He said, man, your word was, I ate it. I consumed it. But I want you to go to Joshua chapter 1, look at verse 8. Joshua chapter 1, look at verse 8. How do we speak the word? And this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall, what? Meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. This book of the law, the book. Now we're not under the law. He's talking about the whole written word of God. He's talking about the written scriptures, not just law. Don't get hung up on a word. And this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. So when the word is not out of my mouth, for then you'll make your way prosperous. I'm quoting one. You'll make your way successful and you'll be wise. What does the word meditate on it? You ready? This is our response to the word. Have you ever looked at the word meditate? It means to murmur. In soft speech, while in continual contemplation over something. In other words, you're talking to yourself. But what am I saying? The Word. I'm meditating day and night. It's the words that's coming across my lips. It's the words that's coming out of my mouth. It's the scriptures that's rolling out of my mouth. And in so doing, I am making my way successful. I'm making myself prosperous, and I'll have good success when the word, when I just constantly, it's, now I know we can look a little crazy sometimes, but that's why it says meditate means to murmur in a soft voice. You can do this anytime. Read it, it doesn't take anything to sit and start. When, 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 when uh, Dee was in labor with Sydney. Sydney was, I don't know, weeks early. They'll tell you how. And in, in this process, we actually, D actually flatlined in all this. But from the three days before until Sydney finally was C-sectioned out, I didn't know D knew that meant scripture. All she did was kept quoting. Every time pain would come, she'd start quoting scripture. And I'd watch as the more scripture she quoted, how it would just calm her. You could watch the results on the monitor during contractions when she would start quoting scripture. How it would go. The word changes everything. There's healing there. There's everything. It's muttering day and night. For three days, this is what she did. For three days, she just sat and quoted scripture. I don't care if you only know one. Know it well. Let me tell you something. Here's the cool thing about God. He's not asking you to quote it verbatim either. You don't have to quote this thing verbatim. 
But know what it says. And let that word out of your lips. And when you do, it'll change your mind. It'll change your thoughts. It'll change your spiritual life. It'll build you up when you're down. This word is everything. And I'm encouraging you to start making it your daily diet. Every day. Find time. Well, how long? That don't matter. There's no time frame on this. There's no do it, check, check, check. But man, get to know your word. Get to know what it says. It'll change your life forever. And you'll know what it's like to be anchored in the promises of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify and magnify you. We praise you in the beauty of your holiness. Father, I, I hope you encourage us. Let today be a spark that drives us forward to know you more. In your lovely, beautiful name, let your word be more important to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you're in here this morning and you need prayer, either you don't know this Jesus, you don't, you've, never, you've never heard somebody uh, talk about God like this. You've never seen people have fun in church. Let me tell you, this is a blast. I got a group of people that's up here right now. They want to pray with you. If you need prayer for sickness, healing, they want to agree with you. If you need prayer for your finances, they want to agree with you. Whatever it is that you need prayer for, please use them. I do. A couple weeks ago, I jumped in. I said goodbye to you all, turned around and told Zach. I said, pray for me, man. My knee's hurting. Listen, take advantage of these guys. They're ready to pray with you because there's a change to be made in your life. I love you. Appreciate you. See you Wednesday night. Prayers, if you want to pray, go ahead and pray. The rest of you, I'll see you at the back door.